Hello, and welcome to the Wedding Dish Podcast. Grab your fork and knife and take a seat at our table as we dish on all things weddings. You'll hear stories and tips from real couples and wedding pros about love, life, and entrepreneurship. I am Sarah Alipin, the host of The Wedding Dish and CEO of Photos from the Hardy and District Bliss. Thank you so much for tuning into The Wedding Dish. Let's dish. And I have my little French bulldog, Bud Clouseau, laying in my lap, um, probably snoring loudly. I... Heidi has told me that she can't hear him, so that's great. Um, And (laughs) I am very excited to be joined today by Heidi. She is an amazing podcaster um, and a business owner. She helps you grow your wedding business without going crazy. Um, She's all about business strategy. She loves marketing, and she's just dedicated to not overcomplicating it so that it just flows and it feels good. And she's also a summit host. So she hosts um, multiple summits per year that help you um, grow your, to book more weddings. That's what they're called. Um, So I would like to welcome the CEO of Evolve Your Wedding Business, Heidi. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. Thank you for being here. I'm so glad we were able to do this. Um, I love your podcast. I love what you do. Um, and I love that you really are not just about, um, about you know, you're not about selling. You're about elevating wedding businesses. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we have to be able to make sales, but I'm really focused on, okay, let's help you build a six-figure business. Yes, but let's do it without working all the time. Let's make sure we build it around the kind of life that you want to have. And that's so important. And it's something that is so commonly forgotten in the entrepreneurial journey. Mm, Hustle culture is real. Yeah. And it's so, I, that is not the way that I live. Um, I, I'm so glad that you don't live that way either. No, that is just like, what's the point? I am very much a life-driven person first and everything needs to fit into, you know, the values I have, the things I want to do. Like freedom is a big thing for me. So, you know, if I come up with a program I want to offer and it's going to massively restrict me, I'll do that. Or if there's you know, a particular type of marketing that's going to, you know, encroach on that, I'm not going to do it because it doesn't feel right to me. And I think it's good to know that you don't have to do the things that other people are doing just because they seem to be working for them. You can find things that work for you and how you like to run your business. That's so important. And I'm so glad that you said that. Um, It's just such a, like, at the end of the day, every day, I close my laptop, I leave my everything in my office, and I do not think about it until the next day. Um, and 
the way that's when I started my business, that's the way that I structured my life. Um, and I knew that I wanted to be able to take vacations and step away. I mean, perfect example of you doing this right now. Heidi is hosting a summit next week, which she had to get a ton of speakers, like 25 speakers, um, 25 experts who she had to make sure that they all gave her tons of resources. Um, And as much as in my head, I was like, she's never going to be able to schedule doing the podcast this week right before this Bookmore Wedding Summit comes out, um, which I'm speaking at this one, which will have already passed, sadly, by the time that this episode comes out. Um, But Heidi was actually able to step away from a five-day summit um, with all the coordination that goes into that several days before and come onto this podcast. I actually took a nap today, too. (laughs) (laughs) look at you go (laughs) that's so impressive I love that um so tell me a little bit about um like how do you how do you take that to that how have you structured your business so that you can step away from it how uh, um and what are some of the key things that you would recommend so that other people can um you know where you can work reasonable hours and actually get the freedom that you wanted when you started your own business oh yeah cuz it's easy to get you know pulled around by all sorts of opportunities and clients and i'm very um, in my own mind, I'm very territorial about my calendar I'm very territorial about my own time, but I am that way because it allows me to have the life I want. Like I don't want to be on calls all week. So I do all of my calls. If I can help it most of the time I can on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. You know, that gives me Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays to just like be in my zone, do my own thing, and really focus on the work that's really important to me. Not that calls aren't important, but if they're scattered throughout the day every day, you know, they just break up the focus time on other things and pull you away. So I am a big proponent of enough structure to help you and not so much that it feels suffocating because I definitely feel suffocated by overly structured kinds of things. So with my business, I've decided to build it where I work with people through my membership, which is called the Wedding Business Collective. And it houses all of my courses. It's our group coaching. We have um, you know all sorts of different things. We have co-working days that we do together. And there are people from all over the world. And that is an incredibly sustainable model for me because, you know, I realize I get to make the choices. I get to decide the structure of this, you know, when things are going to be held live, when we're going to do live calls. We don't do them constantly. We have a couple every month. And then we have a community where I can, you know, answer questions on the fly, which works great for time zones as well. But that is something that is just like a great example of finding the way that you want to work. And it took me time to get there. I had to 
go through like offering courses individually and then realizing people needed coaching and then realizing the coaching clients needed the courses. So (laughs) they brought everything together under one roof in that membership. And that's really taking people on the full journey to building, you know, their six figure business without working all the time. And then with building these summits, like book more wedding summit, I found someone, I found a mentor who had done it, who had systematized what she did and I paid her for a shortcut and it has been worth its weight in gold because I have a structure that I can follow. I didn't reinvent the wheel. I do things my way. Absolutely. But I didn't, you know, make it all up from scratch. And I think So often we forget that we get to make these decisions, whether it's in the structure of our business or in our marketing or in who we want to work with. You're the CEO. You get to sit down and actually decide what you want. And that's pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, that's so important to, you know, I am a huge advocate of paying for if there is a way that you are able to afford to pay for, um, and in this case, Heidi is referring to Summit in a Box, mm-hmm. um, because which I know because I am also a student of Summit in a Box. Um, it you know if you are able to get the templates so that you can start from a place where you aren't um where you aren't reinventing the wheel that is something that is always worth exploring um you know it's very similar to like getting a contract you know if you have a contract attorney who um that works within the wedding industry or something, it's much easier to, um, you know, it just makes your life easier. You know, they know what you're talking about. Like learning from the the best people is always, um, is always something to consider if you have the budget for it. And there are, you know, all sorts of affordable ways to do it too, but just finding ways to learn from people who can shortcut the learning curve because you can spend years just trying to get off the ground. Yeah. I mean, and that's what your membership does, right? Like you're teaching people in the wedding industry um, and supporting them so that they don't have to then like just throw spaghetti at the wall in their marketing for their wedding business. Yes. And I hate that so much because I've seen what can happen when you have a solid marketing plan when you, the way I talk about it a lot of times is if you have been in business for any amount of time, your marketing should get easier and easier and easier over time because you have the data from the stuff that you've already tried. So you know what works, what doesn't work, what to do more of, what to do less of. Problem is, most people never look at that and they just keep piling more on themselves and they just make it harder and harder over time when really this should get easier. Yeah. I mean, and even with the new technology that comes out, like, you know, you don't have to show up in every location. You don't have to have your wedding business on TikTok or whatever it is. Um, You know, you don't have to be on Clubhouse. Um, So even though, yes, like new things come up, your strategy should still be sustainable. Yeah. And the way I kind of pull people out of overwhelm, there's a course in my membership all about creating 
your marketing plan. But one of the really key things is you're making the decisions up front. You're sitting down and deciding right now, okay, which three platforms, and by platforms I mean could be social media, could be working on referrals, could be networking, could be SEO, could be anything. But what three things are you going to commit to for the next 90 days? Then that allows you to put on the blinders and know, okay, these are my things. I decided where I'm going to market. And then I'm going to decide what I'm going to do in each of these places. So then it just becomes, you know, handing off the work order to worker version of you to go fulfill it. The decisions are already made. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and it takes more than, you know, one time of someone seeing your pictures on Instagram or something for them to book you. Um, it takes multiple times. So, um, you have to commit to it for a certain period or you aren't going to see the results because you don't give it a long enough time frame. Yeah. And you know, what I was saying about how people don't look at the data, what I encourage people to do on a 90 day basis with this is actually stop, spend like an, like an hour max. It really doesn't have to be that long and look at what worked and what didn't work. And why do you think that is? And what are you going to change as a result of that? So maybe uh, you weren't clear enough on your ideal client. Maybe you didn't understand them that well. So you're going to change up the kinds of things you're talking about in your marketing. Great. Let's see how that goes. It doesn't mean like throw everything out the window, but I think most people err on the side of holding on to things too long than giving up on them too early. Interesting. Like I've already invested some time into this. I've already invested, you know, some effort, some thought into this. And by deciding, you know what, that was an interesting experiment, did not work. I'm not going to do this anymore. It feels like you're losing something, but really you're gaining that time back. I'm curious because what that reminds me of is those um, magazines that people used to put out that was like basically all one wedding advertisement for a million different companies. Like it, it's such an interesting um, model to me that 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 works. But um, that that's what like in my mind I'm like, oh, that's like putting your catering company in one of those magazines. Am I right about that or am I wrong about that? I mean, it definitely can be. And like there are people who, you know, because they're not looking at this, they're not, they don't know what's working and what isn't working. So they can't make these decisions. So when the person from Wedding Wire calls, they get pressured into paying for the next year when they don't actually know if that did anything for them. Oh, that's so, that's such a good tip because that's so true. And those platforms are very expensive. And mm -hmm. if you don't know if you're getting the benefit out of that, like you should not be paying for it. No. And I'm a big proponent of, you know, yeah, go ahead, test something, acknowledge that it's a test. It may work. It may not work. If it works, awesome. See how you can optimize it. Throw more money at it. If it's a situation where you can do that, if it's like Facebook ads or Google ads, because then you're going to continue to get more out of it. 
Whereas if something isn't working, I like to think about why and then, okay, what can we change to see if we can make this work? Because a lot of times it's just something isn't quite aligned. Like, you know, the language you're speaking isn't attractive to your ideal client and you make some somewhat subtle changes and that comes into alignment. So I don't want people to give up on that kind of thing immediately. But when we get into these situations where we don't actually know if something is working or if it isn't, then it just falls into guessing and falls into emotions. And then you fall into like the very natural, like fear of missing out. Like, well, I guess I better just do this or, I might miss out on something. Whereas if you know for a fact that it hasn't generated a single client for you for a year, that decision gets a lot easier. That's really interesting. Um, and as, as a wedding professional myself, um, I only have one place where I pay to market and my other marketing strategies are all free. Um, so I actually don't have to, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of my clients, um, come from referrals and, um, and people who know me. So that's definitely a thing. Um, but I think I get 75% of my inquiries from Instagram. That's awesome. And that tells you, okay, what would happen if I did this on Instagram or if I doubled down in this way, or what would happen if I ran Instagram ads, who knows? But you already have a lead, so go in that direction and see you know, how you can make it work harder for you instead of taking all of these other things, especially new things, and piling them on. Yeah, because that's such a, it's such a good way to burn out when mm-hmm. you do that. Yeah, and I'm sure like everybody has been there, and it sounds like a good idea at the time. But ultimately, it's like you just half-ass everything and then nothing works and then it's just frustrating. Yeah. And there's that age-old saying that's if you talk to everyone, you are talking to no one. Mm -hmm. Very true. (laughs) I love that. Um, So do you have any like actionable recommendations where people can, um, you know, for example, like just straight asking your clients how they found you. Yeah. So the way I actually approach ideal clients is different than a lot of people. I think the whole demographic idea of make up a person and give them a name is pretty useless because it doesn't tell you what to do. So I have my clients actually go talk to their best clients that they've had, their favorite people that they wish they could clone and work with every day of their lives. And one of those questions, definitely, how did you find me? Um, Where did you look for your other vendors? You know, why did you choose me instead of someone else? Because what I find with these kinds of questions is you get really clear on who your ideal client is as an actual human being, which is what we need in order to market to them. You can't market to a demographic because it doesn't tell you what they actually care about. But it also gives you insight on things about you that just naturally attracted them to you that you probably don't realize about yourself that you need to play up more 
in your marketing to make yourself really the go-to person. So I love, I mean, you can see the thread through this is let's make things easy. <laughs> I love yeah. Just go to the source, like asking them questions about why they made the decisions that they made so that you can attract more people like them is such an easy way to figure out, okay, am I communicating this in my marketing, the things that they said they cared about, or am I talking about something else entirely? And I see this a lot, you know, with most wedding professionals actually, but I see it a lot. Like for example, wedding planners, they'll always talk about saving time. And I can't tell you how many times I have had people go through this process and saving time is like number 12 on their list of priorities. And if they would have appealed to priorities one through three, it would have been such an easy sell and people would be flocking to them because they're actually solving the problem that their ideal clients want solved. And using their words. Yes, which is gold because we filter it through our lens of, it. I think it's called the curse of knowledge, where you just are so in what you do that you forget that a lot of people don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's very true. Um, yeah, I, I mean, that's, I'm thinking now to myself, like, I just had a conversation about photography and I was talking about the best times of day and some of the things to think about with your hairstyle. Now that the cicadas are coming out, we have the 17 year cicadas who are about to come out over here in, uh, the DC area. Oh boy. I, they are like the size of a quarter. <laughs> they are super loud and I have curly hair. So they, um, they don't fly very well because they're really heavy and they get stuck in curly hair. Ugh. So if your hair is down and you have curly hair on your wedding day, you've got to think about how much that's going to bother you uh, if it's going to happen, you know, yeah. and you kind of have to. So, <laughs> but that's something that like most people wouldn't, you know, think about. And, um, and I'm so – I, as a photographer, I'm always so in my head about that that I don't necessarily think about it. Or, um, you know, when we had the conversation on your podcast where I'm talking about networking and you were like, oh my gosh, I never thought of that. It's so interesting the number of times that I hear that from people. Um, and if you actually take the time to talk to your ideal clients, it sounds like that's, you know, what you're getting. Totally. And – you know, they'll tell you exactly what mattered to them. So, you know, to give you an example, there was a planner that I worked with and she was emphasizing saving time, like a lot of planners do. And she talked to her best clients and found out almost all of them were both Indian, if not one person in the couple was Indian. And their biggest thing that they were concerned about wasn't time. It was I've been to my brother's wedding. I've been to my sister's wedding. I've been to my cousin's wedding. I've been to my friend's wedding. I'm sick of going to the same wedding. I still want my culture to be involved, but I want to make it my own. So you better believe the second that planner started saying, hey, I'm the go-to person. If this is what you care about, people were just like shoving money in her face because she was the only person solving the problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant. I love that. I really love that. And they literally told her this. 
Yeah. I mean, we should just have more conversations with people in general. (laughs) I totally agree. Like, it just makes things so much easier than you don't have to try to play mind reader. Yeah. Nobody wants to try to read minds. It's also exhausting to stand in someone else's shoes. Yeah, it is. And just, you know, like you were saying, throw spaghetti at the wall, try all these different things. And a lot of the time, the reason why marketing doesn't work is either you're not clear on the ideal client and what they care about, and you're not solving the problem they want solved. You know, they don't care about how many cool features this hammer has. They just need to put their furniture together. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. And I see with photographers a lot, like you guys know what 10 hours of coverage means. Nobody else knows what that means. I know. I know. People ask me all the time. They're like, I think I need eight hours. And I'm like, okay, so, you know, that would be like this. If this is the structure of your day, then you would probably need eight hours. And they're like, oh, well, won't it just be the same people on the dance floor or and I'm like, yeah, I, th- I think you need six. I don't think you need eight. And if it's some- for some reason you do, we can just add more time in. <laughs> and yeah, and that's the thing. Like, we're dealing with people who have never purchased these sorts of things before. So you have to sell them on, you know, the benefit of what it is that they're getting out of it, not, you know, the individual features of, how long you're going to be there. Like, what does that actually mean for them? Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. That's so true. And it's so easy in the wedding industry to really have that curse of knowledge, as you put it. Um, And then also, you know, to get, um, to, to look at what everyone else is doing and think that that must be the right way to do it because it, it seems like it's working for all the other people in the industry when we have no idea if it's working for the other people in the industry. We're just assuming. That is such a good point. And I see people also do this with pricing. Yes. You don't know if that person is independently wealthy and doesn't need to make money from this business. That could be why their pricing is that way. Yeah, or maybe like they're afraid to be charging more or um, maybe they're getting themselves in the debt. Like, you don't know. Yeah, maybe that. I mean, yeah, get your hand out of everybody else's wallet. (laughs) (laughs) Well said. Oh my gosh. Well, on that note, we are going to take a very quick break on the wedding dish. um, And I will be right back with Heidi, the CEO and marketing guru behind Evolve Your Wedding Business. And we are back. I am your host of the wedding dish, Sarah Alipin, and I'm here with Heidi Thompson, the brilliant mind behind Evolve Your Wedding Business, um, marketing membership, um, podcast, and also the Bookmore Wedding Summit, um, which is a free opportunity that she offers twice a year with 25 plus experts in the wedding industry who give you all their tips and tricks, basically. It's pretty freaking awesome. Um, Thank you so much for being here, Heidi. Oh, thank you for all those kind words. (laughs) <laughs> That's just the truth. <laughs> oh, thanks. 
Um, so we're talking a little bit about marketing on this episode, and I'm curious why. Um, what made you so passionate about marketing in the wedding industry? Ooh, okay, good question. So I had originally started off when I was in college working in events, and I worked in nonprofit events, so like fundraiser type events, and I loved it. And I found an opportunity to work under a wedding planner and learn how to plan from them. And that's when I realized, oh, I thought I loved the events, but I actually really enjoyed like getting people to these fundraising events and like raising money for the organizations. So long story short, I moved to England where my husband's from. I'm working in marketing from everything from beds to... I worked at Cambridge University. I worked at a fecal transplant clinic. You name it, I've marketed it. Wow. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. It's fascinating. <laughs> it's super weird, but it's fascinating. But um, uh, an interesting thing to try to market, for sure. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> a fun challenge. And the whole time I'm like still loving the wedding industry. I find an opportunity to start a wedding fair over there called the Alternative Wedding Fair because I saw a gap in the market of really everything over there. Like with all the wedding fairs, all the bridal uh, media, everything. It was the same thing. It was white, big, and fluffy. And what I was seeing in the market was everyone was taken like a hard left over into like rock and roll bride, offbeat bride as different as they could get. So I started a wedding fair to bring those couples and those vendors together. And I spent so much time coaching the vendors that exhibited at my events on how to get a better return on investment. And it was literally like a slap in the face to me, like that curse of knowledge. Like, oh, people aren't just into marketing. Like, I just am. <laughs> it's not a thing that everybody just enjoys learning about and yeah. <laughs> reading about. So I can help this industry and really kind of bring these two worlds together. And I think that is just the biggest hindrance to most wedding businesses is that like if you were paid purely on your creativity you'd all be billionaires but that's not how it works and if you don't have the marketing and the sales ability you're not going to be able to make a business out of this and beyond that I want people to make like struggling artist businesses I want people to create businesses that like give them freedom you know financially with their time creatively so I have just become so passionate over the years to really help people build businesses that allow them to work with the people they want to work with the way they want to work and earn the kind of money that they want to earn and I think a lot of people don't realize that that's possible and I love waking people up to that that's yes, I totally agree. I think a lot of people just 
kind of assume you have to be a struggling artist and you don't have to live that way. Um, or that you can just put your pictures out there and they're beautiful. So people are just going to pay you. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, you might be a struggling artist for a minute, but we don't have to stay there. Yeah. Like you don't have to live that life. You can put money away in your retirement plan. Yeah. And you know, this is something I've actually brought up recently in uh, my membership because I noticed we talk about making money in this industry, but then we don't actually talk about doing anything with it. So uh, we were just talking about, you know, financial planning for the future and like I've had financial planners on my podcast because I'm kind of a personal finance nerd but (laughs) we have to like if you want to build the life you want to build that means pass next week yeah I want people to be able to build that kind of long-term sustainable income for themselves and have that financial freedom and the time freedom yeah, and the and be able to retire when you want to retire on exactly. your terms. Yeah. And I think that's something that is missed from the conversation a lot in creative industries. And I'm all for the work. I'm all for the craft. But we need some strategy so that you can make enough money to continue doing it. Yeah. And not lose that fire and that passion because burnout is a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it sucks because you get in that position and it's like, now you don't want to do the thing you love doing. And it's largely due to, you know, trying to take too much on, trying to offer too much for too little. And it's totally avoidable. I so agree. And I see that happen to so many people. Um and you know i it it's so it's so important to take care of your mental health to take care of your health and to take care of your future life um and it's yes it's such a big thing and people really don't realize how important that is until you start getting close to it and if you have to do the math on what your retirement planning actually looks like it's quite terrifying yeah it can- But the thing is, the longer you wait, the scarier it gets because exactly you have way less time to do it in. Yeah, exactly. And then suddenly you're like, oh crap, I need to really raise my prices now. Um, And you know, will the market bear this? That's another thing. Do you? Do you? um, I'm curious what your feelings are on the statement. Will the market bear this pricing? So. It's funny. I was talking to my husband about this the other day. We watched this video and it was, I think it was run by some ad company, but it was basically a social experiment. And they had this like boutique and they were selling these shoes and they were interviewing people about it. And like, why did you spend a thousand dollars on these shoes? Like, oh, well, you know, like they're so rare and they're European And then at a certain point, they reveal, this isn't a boutique. This is a Payless. All these shoes are Payless shoes. (laughs) So perception is everything. And if you can create that in a brand, you can command really any price that you want. But it does require a lot more work on behalf of 
your branding, on your marketing, on your positioning, that you are this like very high end, super expensive service or product and worth every penny. And I've had, yeah. you know, I had an officiant that I worked with and she was in North Carolina. She was already the most expensive. She doubled her prices and then she raised them again. And because she was like super clear on her ideal client, she knew who she was targeting. She knew how to reach them. She knew what they cared about. They would happily pay more than double to work with her than to work with someone who's kind of like, like lukewarm. There's the person who's my 100% fit, who I really want to work with. And I could work with someone else for cheaper, but I don't want to. So she was able to do that in her market where everyone was like dramatically cheaper, but it got to a point where she wasn't even a competitor to them anymore because she was working with totally different people. So it really wasn't even an issue. Yeah. And that's such an important thing for people to remember as they're building any sort of business. Um, and you know, wedding, wedding aside, but uh, wedding industry, it is, it is about you know your perception. Um, and if you can't deliver at that price point, then that's when you run into a problem. It's not whether the market will bear it, in my opinion. Yeah, like the experience has to be top notch if your prices are you know, on the higher end, the branding has to be top notch. Like everything has to be really locked in for sure for this to work, but it's certainly not impossible. And we see it in every industry. I totally agree. Um, and I, I think part of it is, you know, it's scary to have your prices be higher than other people's. Um, you know, it, it is like, I, I know initially when I started Photos from the Hardy, I felt like that. Um, and I struggled with that for like the first couple of years. But of course, it wasn't my primary source of income when I started out. So it wasn't a huge deal. Um, but the other thing is that if you are undercutting yourself and undercharging, then you can really screw everyone else in the market. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes, it's a trickle effect. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. Um, and the other thing is I find when people, if I'm asked for a discount or if someone says I'm out of their price range and they would like me, you know, to, I'm always willing to change the package to fit like what their budget is. Yes. And, you know, if that means like less time, fine. Yeah. But I'm not giving a discount because those are the clients who need the most stuff, are the most demanding, they are the hardest to work with, and you make the least from them. Yeah. I'm really glad that you pointed that out because you can absolutely like create a different package. And sometimes you want to work with people who, aren't going to be spending a huge, huge, huge amount of money. That's totally fine. It's your business. You can work with whoever you want. The goal isn't to always get to like the top end of the pricing spectrum. It just has to be in line with your goals and who you want to work with. And I have a planner in my membership and she has developed 
all sorts of different ways for people to work with her outside of just like a regular planning relationship. Like she does one-off like virtual planning sessions for people and they love it and she loves it and she's still paid well for it, but it's obviously less than she would charge for full planning, but it allows her to serve the audience that she wants to serve. So the great thing is, is that it's up to you. The bad thing is, is that it's up to you. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, generally speaking, you are the person who is standing in your own way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, at least I am always the only person who stands <laughs> in my way. <laughs> I know that place very, very well. <laughs> Unless it is my dog stealing something out of my camera bag, which has happened as I was trying to go out the door for a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> But you're right, so much of it is just like in our heads. Yeah, I mean it's a it's an us problem, it's not a them problem. Yeah. And I really like the idea that it's none of your business what people can afford. They will choose to work with you or they won't choose to work with you. And if they're making their decision based on price, that probably means that your marketing isn't as strong as it needs to be and you know, your positioning isn't as strong as it needs to be. That can be changed. But, you know, it's really none of our business to say, oh, you can't afford this. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Um, and I think, you know, to follow that, it you can make, you know, if you, if you really want to work with someone, um, you can make different packages. And if you're getting consistently people who are not in your price range that are reaching out to you, then you may need to look at who you are marketing to because it doesn't sound like you're marketing to your ideal client in that case. Yeah, exactly. And that's very, very easy to do to have like an idea of who you want to market to and then you turn around and do something totally different. Yeah. I mean, it. we've all done it. Yep. We've all done it. Um, I sit here and say I get 75% of my um, – my clients from Instagram. Well, I needed a mental health break from Instagram because I was getting a little bit like worn down looking at all of these pictures from weddings that I am not currently photographing. And it felt like I was just recycling content and I didn't want to be doing that. Um, And I didn't want to seem like I was, you know, out doing all these awesome weddings that were from a year ago or two years ago or whatever. So I took a break and that's okay. Yeah, it you know? is. And that's good that you did that. I'm sure that was very helpful. Yeah, I mean, I just needed like a mental refresh. And is it the best time to do that? No. But did I need it now? Yes. <laughs> yeah, we don't get to decide when we need these things. <laughs> I know, right? And I mean, I certainly could have just brought someone on to do it. But, um, you know, I think prioritizing my mental health in this situation, I, I'm willing to go, you know, one fewer client for 2021 or 2022 in order to prioritize my mental health. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like this is a thing, too, that people get stuck in, like, they can just never stop. They can never, you know, step away. And like you can always make changes. You can always change how you're doing something. You can always change how often you're doing something. You can like batch a month's worth of social media posts. So you only have to deal with it one day 
a month. You know, you can hire someone. There's a million ways to do it. It's just deciding what do I need to do? And then maybe I'm not the person that needs to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And looking at, you know, okay, what do I actually need to have my CEO hand in versus what can I farm out? Yeah. And that is, that's such an interesting shift for people to make because we all fight it. And then we get to the other side and we start outsourcing things, delegating things. And you just want to hit yourself for not doing it sooner. I know. Bringing on a team, it's always like, when when should you bring on a team? I get asked this all the time. When should you bring on a team? You should bring on a team before you think you need a team. Yeah. <laughs> because by the time you think you need it, by the time you've convinced yourself, like you are already so far in the weeds and that's not fun. Yeah. And then you have to train somebody and that takes a ton of time. So it's definitely, um, I mean, in the wedding industry, ideally you would bring on a team when you uh, are not in the throes of wedding season. But um, if you need to bring them on during wedding season, like bring them on and just invest in pushing through it so that you can you know, come out on the other side and do the best work you can because you can't compromise the quality of your work and the things that really do need your personal touch. It's so funny how many things like we're convinced that we have to do personally. Like I've had so many conversations with clients where, you know, they're they're trying to get started with Dubsado, but it's a learning curve and they have to set up all this stuff. And so many times it eventually comes down to, well, why don't you just talk to this person that you can pay to do all that for you? And then she'll just record a video and train you on what you need to know. And yeah, and every time it's like, oh my God, why didn't I think of this sooner? Yeah, especially in the wedding industry, we're convinced that if we let go of any piece of it, the whole structure is just going to fall apart. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's natural. It's definitely a normal feeling but like if you start you can just start outsourcing things that you hate maybe that'll be easier for some people and then you get like a little bit addicted to having stuff done and you not having to be the one who does it yep gets a lot easier having people do things that are a little bit closer to your heart yeah it's that's so so true that's so true um And, you know, if you love doing it, like I actually really like social media, which is why I haven't hired it out. Um, You can still take a break and step away and the whole thing won't come crumbling down. Yeah. Yeah. Just like not in the middle of a wedding. Like don't take a break from photography during a wedding. (laughs) 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 Then it might crumble. (laughs) That's going to come back to bite you. Oh my gosh. Well, Heidi, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Um, Where can people find you online? So I am Evolve Your Wedding Business on Instagram. You can find my website at evolveyourweddingbusiness.com. And we always have a new Book More Wedding Summit in the works. So you can get on the wait list for the next one at bookmoreweddingssummit.com. And um, your podcast is also Evolve Your Wedding Business, correct? It is. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) 
Yes, of course. I mean, I always forget to say something, so I try to keep everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) Well, awesome. Um, I highly recommend, I have um, now been a speaker and I've been a guest at the Bookmore Wedding Summit. Um, They're great. It's really just like lovely wedding professionals who want to share their knowledge. Um, And some of them are actually even handy for couples planning their weddings, Um, you know, in terms of like if if they're talking about planning or something. So it's even if you are not an entrepreneur and you are a couple and coming at it from that point, it's good to look at what the topics are in the speakers because sometimes there's a really good fit for you. Um, And, you know, a lot of people who plan their weddings then end up joining the wedding force. It's true. (laughs) It's true. Weddings are fun. They are, I would almost call them addictive. Yeah, they definitely are. They're just awesome. Well, I'm glad that we're in this industry together. I'm glad you're helping elevate the wedding industry. Um, And I'm really glad that I got to bring you onto the wedding dish so that you could share um, your expertise with our listeners. Well, thank you Um, so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Yeah, I know. We always have such a good time when we chat. (laughs) And you guys, I don't know if it will be out at the same time, but Sarah has uh, been on my podcast to be released. So you'll have to listen to her episode on mine as well. Yes. And I will make sure that I share that on here. So um, follow Evolve Your Wedding Business on um, on wherever you get your podcasts, um, in addition to The Wedding Dish. And, um, you know, great. She has great, great speakers and presenters and guests all the time. So highly recommended. Um, Heidi, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Um, and all of you out there listening, you can find us on Instagram at the wedding dish podcast. Our website is theweddingdishpodcast.com where you can grab our show notes, apply to be a guest speaker. Um, you can support us on Patreon and you can also grab our transcripts because we are committed to accessibility. Um, so thank you all for joining us today and stay in touch with Heidi. And we'll catch you next week. Bye.